0: Okay, listener, if you're sitting there and thinking, well, is this all a podcast is? I could absolutely do that, but I don't know where to start. Let me tell you, neither did I. I had been a co host, but never produced my own. But you know what made it easy? Anchor by Spotify. Everything is in the right place. You can even record and edit right from your phone or computer. You can host on Anchor and then distribute to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to it right now, you can use Anchor to get there. It's all in one place. It's everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the Cyclone Family Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of season two at least I assume you did if you're listening to this one if you haven't yet it was pretty fun but in that episode we welcomed back friend of the program member of the family Eric Steyer our very first interview in season one and has come back as a co-host here for season two Eric thanks for being here
1: yep no problem happy to happy to be a part of it
0: yes well we uh Episode one was super fun, just gave a little bit of our general thoughts on Iowa State football. This week we get to get more specific, which is both a little bit nerve-wracking and, of course, super exciting as we head into the 2022 season. Um, I know that I, for one, am certainly excited. I know that you are as well. Uh, Like we said last week, quite a few unknowns, a lot of question marks out there but we finally get to see some answers start to at least uh occur this week so uh game one here iowa state will be facing off against southeast missouri in ames certainly always a fun environment when people get back out to ames to tailgate i know that there has been a lot of hype over one thing in particular surrounding this game which has Truly nothing to do with the game, and that is Iowa State fans' adoration of their newly completed bridge heading over to Jack Trace Stadium. So I know that we are probably both absolutely devastated to not be there for the christening of that beautiful, beautiful bridge as Ames will be flooded with Cyclone fans, but we will be surely following the game. So With that game, I want to start off. We're going to start off hot here. Let's talk predictions. And I'm not going to go through like a score prediction. Maybe we'll do that as the season goes on. But I don't have a whole lot of interest in doing that kind of prediction myself. So I'm not going to make you do that unless you have a, a very strong desire to. What I'm asking for is a bold prediction for game one. What that means is up to you but eric what you got for me
1: well if i want to be bold um my bold prediction is that for the first time since 1993 iowa state scores 50 points in their opening game um okay. i would not like initially i would not have predicted anything like that knowing how we have performed in openers over the past few years uh, We, Iowa states kind of out of well, the gate a little bit slow the past few years, but I was just looking at uh, Southeast Missouri last year and before they got into conference play, which their conference doesn't appear to be very good. So in their three non-conference games against Southern Illinois, they gave up 47 points. Against Sam Houston State, they gave up 52 points. And against Missouri, they gave up 59 points. So against their top competition last year, they really struggled on defense Uh teams were able to get up into the high 40s and 50s against them and i think with iowa state with a lot of new pieces on offense maybe they won't play as conservatively as we've seen in years past in the opening game i think there may be more willingness to open up the playbook a little bit more and let guys gain confidence going into the season so i'm gonna say that iowa state scores 50 points in the first game even though uh even though that's they haven't come close in years past, but I'm gonna say it that year, this year, that changes.
0: Well, that's actually really funny that you say that and that you give that justification because we have different answers with really, really similar reasoning because. Mine is that for the first time since beating you and I in 2017, I think Iowa State wins by two touchdowns or more for exactly the reasons you say that I think they've really got to try and get their offense flowing. They got to let people kind of open it up. And like you said, open up the playbook because there's going to be so many things that are different. You've really got to start fleshing things out now. You know, in the past, I don't know that holding back has really helped them a lot as far as the coming games go when you enter into, um, you know, your your big 12 play your uh, your division one play. Uh, I don't think that it's really proven a whole lot of help to not just get things flowing right away. So I had the exact same thought that I really think they're gonna get people out there, throw the ball, run the ball, see who your best options are. We mentioned how many question marks there are. Obviously there's some, some top prospects that you can point at and say, yeah, you're going to be getting production from. Jalen Knoll from Xavier Hutchinson, you know who your starting quarterback is, but at the same time, there's so many other people who you think have the potential to be important pieces. So you might as well give them the opportunity to show at least a little bit of what they've got. And then on the other side of things um, you've got to hope that the fact that you have some real solid guys on the defensive end, you know, some returners, some people who didn't play quite as much or are new to the team this year, but you can look at it and say, yeah, we've got a fairly solid defense and think that they can hold Southeast Missouri uh, to hopefully not putting too, too many points on the board where if they're scoring 50, uh, hopefully they can uh, keep keep the Red Hawks below. Uh, what am I saying? Thirty six, right? So yeah, good good logic. Uh, I like it. I like it. I don't it. know. We, is,
1: is predicting a two touchdown victory? Is that that bold though? I, aren't we gonna be favored by like twenty something?
0: Look, I'm calling it bold based on history, based on our okay, experiences. Yeah. Like I wish it wasn't bold, but it feels like it to me. Yours is bolder.
1: But... Yeah, that's what I, th- I thought that really going like really bold. But...
0: You're really going for it. Yeah. Mine is mine. I think is more a function of just like PTSD from past seasons. Yeah. I hope that mine looks like the most basic prediction yeah. on the face of the universe. Like I would be thrilled for people to look at it after Saturday and be like, why did she make such a big deal about it? But I I'm happy to look ridiculous Uh, and, and have the results uh you know favor us (laughs) Yep.
1: well you're more likely probably to be right than I am but hopefully if I'm right then uh I'll just I'll look that much smarter I guess
0: exactly exactly no argument there okay now we're talking here we're saying okay we we feel solid about Iowa State's chances at winning we feel good that maybe they have the opportunity to get things flowing here so For you, what do you think makes game one a success besides coming out of the week with a victory?
1: Well, I mean, just kind of talking about, I mean, we've already kind of covered it, just being in a comfortable victory situation, I guess, heading into the fourth quarter. That's kind of what I would want to see. I don't want to be sweating it out in the fourth quarter. I want to have a nice, comfortable lead where going to the fourth quarter, you're you know, talking about what, how many guys are going to get into the game instead of um, maybe just worrying about winning the game. Period. And I think, I mean, this has been talked about. I feel like every season, you know, for the past two seasons, ever since probably twenty seventeen, um, just wanting to get off to that good start and being able to bring up backups into the game at the end. I feel like every every year, people say like, okay, this is going to be the year where. Uh, Iowa state wins comfortably in the first game and we're going to see the backups in at the end of the game. This is the year it's going to happen. And so far it it hasn't happened at all. So I'm hoping that this is finally the year where we uh, are able, we are able to get the backups into the game in the fourth quarter. And to be honest, nothing against Southeast Missouri, but I think it's more of a product of the opponent because you and I, um, they haven't had the most successful seasons in FCS recently their record hasn't been that great in past years but you know that you and I the familiarity with Iowa State they're always going to play Iowa State tough especially since it's full of guys who have been overlooked by Iowa State and so hopefully with Southeast Missouri they won't have that familiarity that you and I does and so hopefully that helps Iowa State in this first game
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, that there's been some kind of weird situations there. And so, um, there's, there's a lot of things you can look at and say, okay, we've, we've got to be better than we have been in past years in this particular situation, but things are, things are kind of primed where maybe that could be, um, a little bit easier to get off to that good start this year. You know, uh, to me, there's a couple of really big things that I, uh, would really like to see, come the end of the game besides victory like we mentioned um obviously this isn't completely in anyone's control but we talked about this a little bit last week as well you, you don't want to come out of it the game with any significant injuries and so um, that's a little bit of fortune a little bit of luck um but the other part of it is that If you get put into a situation where you're able to, like you said, pull the starters or maybe rotate through a little bit of a deeper rotation and people don't have to be out there taking a bunch of snaps trying to uh, clinch a game late, if you can put that away early, obviously it gets a little bit easier to prevent that, especially from your really top guys. And along with that, I think comes this element of balance where I would love to see. Both people further down on the depth chart, getting out there and playing some snaps, you know, getting some getting some stats put up um, as well as just kind of rotating through the guys who are going to be in the game more, you know, maybe going to people who aren't going to be your first or second option, but are going to be out there on the field fairly often just to see, you know, kind of where do our capabilities sit. What are what can we expect and what can we maybe push for from some of these players where maybe they've been out there and they've been doing some good stuff in camp, but you're just not sure what they're ready for in real true live game situations. Obviously, like you said, you know, it's a little bit different level of competition than you're going to see in big 12 play. So it's not like anyone who goes out there and has a really successful game. You're going to be anointing them, you know, the savior of the season or the the next big guy, but you can at least say, okay, these things that we've been seeing in camp are translating onto the field. And so I'd really love to see um just some people that you maybe aren't expecting get out there and have some opportunities to show what they've got
1: yeah and kind of in addition to what you're saying I you'd like to see a complete four-quarter performance because we've seen in years past there's been games where Iowa State plays well for 45 or 50 minutes but then there's just that you know that three drive period where you know, you may have a couple turnovers or things like that, or give a kickoff return or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it just, that's where it goes downhill and it costs them the game. But, you know, so you want to see, you want to see four quarters. So that that doesn't have any possibility of happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And that's the thing too, where like, for me, it's almost like the beginning of the game is obviously really important. You want to get off to a really hot start. And then maybe you try some things out, Um, if you can build up a little bit of a lead early sure you can you can do some different stuff but you also want to end the game on a high note you don't want to feel like you just were kind of slogging your way through the end of the game because as we all know and as we'll get to next week obviously week two is is a big game for Iowa State one that um, is (laughs) has been painful in recent years but Um, I I won't get too far ahead of myself as far as that goes, so we'll have time to talk about that one next week, but um, you you just don't want to feel like you you want to have as much to go off of and build off of some momentum so that you can feel good, you can feel confident going into week two. And so whatever that entails for um, the players, whatever that entails for the coaching staff, you just want to make sure that you get that throughout the entire course of the game. So uh, certainly a solid point there. So we've talked generalities for uh, this first game. Now I want to get a little bit more specific. Uh, I would love to know the player or, you know, players, you can, you can spread the love a little bit if you want to, uh, that you are most excited to see take the field for ISU. We talked last week about some of the people we think have the potential to make the biggest jump this year. Some of the people we think might be the most impactful. So for this first game, who can't you wait to see?
1: Um, it's kind of boring, but I'm going to go with Hunter Deckers just because we haven't seen him for a full game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him just come in for drives, mostly at the end of games last year. You know, the Oklahoma game he came in in the middle, in the second half, a little bit, a little bit earlier. But um, we've haven't really seen him play a complete game yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with a full a full game see what kind of i don't know stats he can put up or just how he manages the game what kind of control of the game he has i'm also looking forward to seeing the running back distribution how many snaps each of those guys gets um i was it seems like coming out of camp iowa state has four running backs that they're comfortable uh giving the ball to so i'm just excited to see you know brock and norton and Silas and Sanders, um, seeing them hit the field and seeing what the distribution is like there and you know who's maybe in on third downs or who's in on first downs, who's in at the goal line, things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, like you said, there's certainly multiple people who could be in different positions there. And so to start seeing, all right. What's kind of the thought like who do we have in each of these spots even though the play is going to be a little bit different you can kind of start determining when people are being put in specific positions so i think that's a really good point um obviously deckers is going to be an exciting one to see finally um able to take a significant number of snaps to see okay there's been so much talk about obviously the differences between him and Brock Purdy, because like we talked about last week, the cyclone fan base is just not a people who are used to a lot of consistency at that quarterback position. So to have to adjust to that this year will definitely be interesting, but uh, there's been a lot of talk about his abilities um, athletically as far as the way that he can throw the ball, the way he can move. So Um, I definitely am really, really excited to see what exactly he's capable of. I would love to see him able to bust for a a big player to, um, really just show off what the abilities are, but obviously do to stay healthy. Um, my one specific choice that I'm excited to see is Xavier Hutchinson. And honestly, it's, it's really not even that much of what he will do in the actual, game action because we know that he has such incredible talent. We know that he's done um, some really, really impressive things out on the field. Obviously he wasn't always the first choice on every play because they've had a lot of talent on that field in multiple different positions, but even so he really has been able to put up some great numbers over the past couple of years, Uh, but I am really intrigued to see how he steps into a much more significant leadership position with this team. Just knowing that he's someone who has, who's been around for a while, who has had to shoulder uh, more responsibility than a lot of the people on the offensive side of the ball have had the opportunity to in the time that they've been with the team. Uh, And so that's certainly an intriguing kind of thing to have to see how people adjust to that new role. Uh, And then, like I mentioned, you know, he hasn't always been probably the number one person on other people's scouting reports. And that's obviously no knock whatsoever on him. He's a first time, uh, a two-time first team, all big 12 caliber player. Like people are certainly aware of who he is. They have to be, but He's had teammates that have been so incredible, incredibly productive, so incredibly threatening that once in a while he might have been able to kind of catch people off guard because they were having to put so much of the focus on someone like Brees Hall, or they were having to worry about covering one of the many tight ends. And so I'm um, just seeing how he adjusts to being higher on the option chart and higher um, or having to take on a higher level of responsibility as a leader. Um, That's, that's just something that having been around so many teams, obviously not football teams as much, but it can be a tough adjustment. Um, But from what I've heard from people coming out of camp, he's been doing really well and I'm just really excited to see how that goes over.
1: Yep. And also on defense, you know, Will McDonald is for, shy of a uh, Von Miller for the all-time sack lead. Yeah. So hopefully he can get a little bit closer there. Um, just looking at Southeast Missouri, I think we might get into this in a second, but it doesn't seem like they, they're more of a running team than passing team. So it mm-hmm. may be hard to make up a whole lot of ground there, but you know, you'd think that he would have an advantage over their offensive line. And so hopefully he can make a little, little dent in that uh, deficit there and, Also, it'll be interesting to see if he can um, improve his game against the run, because I feel like that's always been the, I don't know, if there's a knock against him that pros, you know, when they talk about his uh, pro draft status, it's his performance against the run, you know. So it'd be interesting to see if he can uh, show signs of improvement there in the first game if Southeast Missouri is running the ball more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got people who, like you mentioned, have a significant amount of pro interest, you know, a lot of people discussing their game. So when you have really specific things that are mentioned frequently, uh, that's something that you got to be thinking they're looking to improve upon. So I would really... I, I very much agree with that. Um, I would love to see him improve that a little bit and yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. We will indeed get into Southeast Missouri here in a second, but going for those sacks might be a little bit interesting, but before we get to them, uh, I want to discuss what else, but our friends over at home field apparel Eric, I was unable to complete my order in time uh, to get new tailgating attire. I am obviously devastated. Well, I'll have plenty of time for Iowa State tailgating attire, but I waited too long. I am probably not going to receive an Ohio State shirt before we head to Columbus for the weekend, but I will certainly be sharing the website and the merchandise with all of our family out there in Ohio, because not only do they have Ohio State, but they also have Toledo, which many of our family members uh, follow, maybe attend. So I know I'll be sitting there showing that and hey, we all know that they have adopted Iowa State as their own, uh, thanks to this particular branch of the Stiers. So we will be there and we will be sharing Homefield Apparel, who has the most comfortable, softest, and the coolest logos of vintage college apparel, as well as A little expansion into the pro realm with their newest team. They have the Indianapolis Colts now available. And look, I tweeted this when they first started posting previews. I'll say it here. I'll continue to say it everywhere. Their Colts bomber jacket is amazing. And I need more of them. And by I need more of them, I mean... need a cyclone bomber jacket i love it so if you are interested in any of these schools i've been talking about in addition to obviously iowa state they've got terrific iowa state merchandise and i know that they are continuing to expand their offerings so keep an eye out who knows what else might be coming next head on over to homefieldapparel.com get yourself a t-shirt a sweatshirt, a hoodie. We all know that the fall is crawling and then we'll probably hit all at once. Um, so make sure that you're ordering them early and <laughs> early and often is, is what my orders are going to look like. But head over to homefieldapparel.com, use code cyclone12, cyclone singular, not plural, 12 for 15% off of your first order over there and then for your future orders you're gonna have to pay full price and i say future orders because i don't know anyone who has ordered from Homefield apparel just once but thank you to our friends over at Homefield apparel eric uh have you uh had any schools that you've been looking at i know that you were a little apprehensive of adding to your collection because it quickly becomes an addiction
1: sorry i was just googling what a bomber jacket was but um... <laughs> um the one the one i was looking at was the youngstown state they have like a a penguin golfing i think it was yes. that was the one i was looking at so right. those seem pretty interesting the, the I, youngstown I like state the penguin. penguins
0: i do like and, the penguin a lot
1: and you know youngstown state i mean they're not like a rival they're yeah. pretty innocent so
0: I think that I'm going to have every big 12 team before too off long because they have been kind enough to share the wealth with us here at the network since I'm also on the flagship show. So I've got a couple really great K-State shirts. I've got the Fog Allen Kansas shirt uh, sent to me by Homefield. And at this point, I might as well go for the whole collection. So homefieldapparel.com, use code Cyclone12 for 15% off your first order. All right. Moving right along, I want to not uh, just uh, keep this going for a full hour because I can't stop talking about home field. I'll do that over on the other show as well. I got to save some content, but Southeast Missouri, uh, we're going to preview them a little bit. It's hard because it's just kind of a different opponent and they've got some, that's some changes from last year. They've got some returning players from last year. So we'll look at it a little bit. Um, they were let's see um their record last year ended up sitting at if i can navigate through my four and seven tabs thank you yes so four and seven overall last year um not a lot as far as uh teams that we can really relate to besides the fact that they did lose to Missouri early in the season 28 to 59 um so certainly wouldn't be uh terrible to try and emulate that sort of result would would not be a bad result at all um interesting kind of note as far as their offense goes um we we're talking about sacks quarterbacks whatever they did announce their starting quarterback last week is going to be a newcomer Paxton Delaire who um is just a sophomore he transferred in from oh my gosh Central
1: yeah. Methodist I think Central it was Central
0: Methodist yes yeah, so certainly a little bit of a smaller school there, but he was um, all conference in the heart of America conference. He threw for just shy of 2,500 yards. He threw for 2,499 yards and 25 touchdowns. Um, He also was the top rusher for the team with 553 yards. So that's, uh, that's certainly something as far as that team goes. Uh, But this is a, 6'5, 215-pound quarterback who usurped a returning senior uh who started every game last year for the Redhawks because CJ Ogbana came back um and ended up losing out on the starting spot. I know that their coach has said that at times they'll play multiple quarterbacks. And so you never know in this kind of situation, uh, they could be kind of throwing whatever out on the field. So I think there's probably a pretty solid chance that we see different people at the quarterback position. If hopefully they're, hopefully it's them trying to get something going. (laughs) Hopefully Iowa state is able to kind of stifle some of their attempts. Um, And then really the other, I think most notable person, on their offense is their returning running back Gino Hess. he's got 32 career touchdowns in 34 games he's also the preseason ohio valley conference offensive player of the year so this is someone who really has done a lot for the red hawks in the past couple of years um he's someone who has a significant amount of experience uh, i will say i'm actually super impressed with just the media that they have available the school has a really great, um, they've got a really great packet of their entire football notebook that's available on their website. So that's certainly useful. If you're someone who really likes to dive in on opponents, they've got information about, you know, specifically their O line, their tight ends, their D line, like they've got articles on everything. So that's certainly really good. Eric, anything really jump out at you when you're looking at Southeast Missouri?
1: I think you pretty much covered it. Just the fact that, you know, they're kind of the rare team where they average more rushing yards per game than passing yards per game. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's pretty rare. So it makes sense with the running back that they have. He's not he's not a real big guy. Mm -hmm. He's only uh five eight, two twenty two. I mean, not real big height wise, but eight 222 a nice solid back there. So um, yeah, I think that it'll be a nice challenge for the defense to start the year to stop that attack. And, you know, it should maybe, you know, prepare them a little bit for week two. You may see something similar with, with Iowa. You know, they would rather run the ball first rather than, you know, throw the ball a lot. So mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be a nice uh, preparation for the next week. You now, obviously you have to, focus on week one first and winning that game but hopefully it'll get the team ready and prepare them for week two as well
0: yeah i mean when you can find common threads from one game to the other it's certainly a positive because you can say hey okay we can either uh develop some strategies here or we can learn from it and change it so uh definitely not bad to have a talented player that you have to go against where you say okay i think that we have advantages in some aspects of the game but then you do have a little bit of a challenge so you can just kind of see where you're at and hopefully you have the edge in enough places that even if someone does make you struggle a little bit here and there you can still pull it out so that's what we've got on football this week um hey if you know eric and i you know that we're going to have a little bit of basketball talk here and there. So we'll get into it a little bit this week. Uh, we're mostly going to focus on football for the next few weeks, but obviously here and there, we'll have some opportunities to talk basketball, Uh big basketball news in the WNBA. As far as I, or in the NBA, just watching the, the semifinals of the WNBA, but we do not have any grads there. NBA. Um, Big, big trade as Taylen Horton Tucker gets traded to the Utah Jazz. Um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting move. I, <laughs> I, I think that it could be certainly a positive to kind of have a different environment where maybe you can blossom a little bit. Uh, the Lakers are, I think, an intimidating. Team to play for there's just really high expectations there's just a lot of things happening at any given point in time so i really hope that taylan settles in well in utah and has an opportunity to just really show what he's capable of what do you think about this move for him and for the jazz
1: um yeah like you said i'm you know playing in la or under a microscope or in the spotlight whatever cliches you want to use you know (laughs) playing for the lakers you know the big brand and then on top of that you have lebron james on your team so that's going to get a ton of media coverage and so playing on a team with lebron and now russell westbrook and anthony davis when he's healthy you're not going to be the main guy really the ball is not going to be in your hands a whole lot and if it is it's probably in your hands to try to you know figure out a way to get the ball back into LeBron or AD's hands. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this move for Taylor it may let him, you know, show out a little bit more, if that's Mm -hmm. what you want to call it, you know, show his skills a little bit more. I think that just from what I've seen so far, he's a really good playmaker in the NBA. He's shown that he can be a good playmaker in the NBA, especially if, you know, if my memory serves me right, it seems like he plays better with, know when he needs to do more when Mm -hmm. maybe LeBron's out or you know Russ didn't miss many games last year but you know if LeBron's out and he has to do more I think that's when he's at his best and I think he probably likes that role I would guess you know having the biggest impact he can have on the team and so going to the Jazz they're more in a rebuilding stage than the Lakers right now even though the Lakers did miss the playoffs last year but he should have an opportunity to maybe show his skills and what he can do. Um, probably a better opportunity in Utah than maybe in LA, even if he would have gotten more coverage in LA and maybe would win more games. But I just feel like in LA, there was multiple times where he was just, I don't know, they had him as a, just a spot up shooter, maybe standing on the opposite side when, you know, LeBron or Russ were doing their thing. And I was thinking, Utah, you know, maybe he can be in an offense where he can show his strengths a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's someone who's capable of rising to an occasion. So I'm really excited to see him get that opportunity. And I guess you guys are going to have to kind of recalibrate your schedule when you're going to some NBA games. I know you and dad were making some plans to go watch uh, Tyrese and Maybe go see Taylor when he is in uh, the Midwest here. So certainly good. At least you have a little bit of time to plan there. So yeah. excited to see that. Um, looking forward to those se- that season starting up here in a little bit. Um, and then we did have a question come in on our Twitter. Uh, Jgco1 asked about the ceiling for Iowa State women's basketball this year. Um, this is a question that I think deserves a lot more time than we can give it, and a lot more thought than we can give it this far before the season, um, there's, there's a lot of things still coming together, but I will just say that when you look objectively at the pieces that are on this team, I can't remember a time when we've had this complete of a team. Uh, and so when you look at the caliber of play that they were able to achieve last year, and then you look at what they've got coming in as far as this year goes, which is a little bit more depth at the point guard position with Shantavia Dawkins, as well as obviously, uh, you know, kind of the headline of the offseason was getting Stephanie coming in and having a really big, a really talented post presence. You know, we watched her a little bit with her national team, not that long ago, and just someone who can play inside play outside um, I think the ceiling is really really high um, but obviously you've got to get the pieces to fit together to get there so we'll dive way way more into that thank you so much for the question and I really look forward to digging in more as we get closer to the season um, but as far as that goes right now y- y- you can't get too specific you got to see them play together and you got to get a little bit closer to the season and um, make sure everyone gets their healthy things like that there's a lot of unknowns as of yet till November. Um, But hey, I think we are both very excited. Um, If you want your question answered here on the show, Please submit them, send them in to our Twitter account at Cyclone Fam Pod, or you know, you can send them to me at Styes. That's where you can find us. I'm at JSty's J-S-T-E-Y-Z on all platforms, but I'm most active on Twitter. And we have our podcast account available at Cyclone Fam Pod. That'll share all of our information about upcoming episodes, um, as well as just, you know. Whatever else we've got going on, Eric, where can we find you?
1: At Eric Steyer.
0: At Eric Steyer. Easy as that. E R I C S T E Y E R. That'll be I'll in tr- the description of our episode.
1: I'll try. I'll try to. Uh, I'll try to be a little more active on there. I'll. I'll try. I need here
0: to- and there. Just give us a little tidbit here and there. The people demand it. Yeah,
1: I need to work <laughs> on it.
0: Okay, guys, you can also follow our parent network at 1012network, T-E-N, the number one, two network on Twitter. Uh, You will be able to find all sorts of podcasts for other Big 12 teams, as well as our flagship pod, which is myself as well as Philip Slavin and Andy Mitts. Uh, That'll come out on Mondays, the same day this show comes out. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. This has, as always, been a blast. Continue to send in your questions. Continue to send in your requests. We will be here every week talking Iowa State sports, mostly football right now, and anything else we can come up with. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Cyclone Family Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. We'll talk to you next week.
1: See ya.